For the Messenger Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins. Nearly a year has gone by since a prominent Owensboro businessman was indicted on charges of rape, sodomy, and bribery of a witness. The case involves 77-year-old Billy Joe Miles, who is accused of raping a 29-year-old woman. The case can only be described as extremely unusual because of Miles' age, his status in the community, and the crimes with which he's been charged. And today we'll dive into this unusual case as Miles' trial approaches. Stay with us. This is Inquire. All right, since this story broke on September 7th, 2016, it has been Messenger Inquire crime reporter Jim Mays who has been closely following the case for the past 11 plus months. And he is with me today to give insight into this interesting case. I want to add before we get into this uh, case that the judge has requested that anyone who has been called for jury duty in Davis Circuit Court for the month of September not to watch, listen, or read any reports about this case. So you've been warned. Jim, just out of curiosity, how long have you been a crime reporter here at the Messenger Inquirer? I think I took over the beat in February of 2010, so about seven years. So you've seen a lot of different crimes, uh, of course, and so I found this one very interesting, very unusual, and and the very little crime I've even done, it it ranks up there as far as, as we described it earlier in the intro, as extremely unusual. So prior to covering this case, did you know much about Miles' background or status in the community? I'd heard about him, like everyone had. I had to go back into the archive just to see if I'd ever actually interviewed him before. I have. When I was an agricultural reporter, I talked to him once about an ag story. He was the chairman of the hospital board for a time, and there was a case where a doctor was being suspended, and I interviewed him a couple of times for that. I don't really remember those occasions, but I don't really have a whole lot of knowledge about him other than that. So how does this case differ from similar ones? And and when I say similar ones, I'm talking about serious charges such as murder. This has been an unusual one from the start, starting with simply the judge and the prosecutor all recusing themselves. Once in a while, you'll see a a case move from one division of circuit court to another because a judge might know somebody or know something about the defendant. In this case, both the judges recused themselves right away, and then the prosecutor recused himself. That just goes to show how prominent Billy Joe Miles or Mr. Miles is in the community. Give some examples of what makes this case so unusual. Where to start? <laughs> I guess we have to start with just almost the first hearing in the case where um, the, the special prosecutor from the attorney general's office got up and announced that the alleged victim had received something along the line of it was like eight or nine separate threats, including posts on Facebook to things written on her car. There was an incident where a hammer was allegedly thrown through her car window as she was driving. Her car caught on fire mysteriously. I talked with the state police last week, and those are still under investigation. Um, something we'd have to say is very unusual is just the amount of media coverage. It's not unusual for us to cover a big story in circuit court, but the Herald-Leader has been doing a lot of their own reporting on this, probably because Billy Joe Miles was the former chairman of the U.K. Board of Trustees. There's also a group out of Louisville called the Center for Investigative Reporting that did a really large story at the end of last year. And you yourself have been subpoenaed, right? The newspaper did get subpoenaed for the change of venue motion. We discussed it with with our attorney in Louisville. He suggested, and what we did was we we prepared an affidavit listing all the times that a story had appeared in the paper. We sent that over, and that appears to have been sufficient because I've never heard anything about it since. 
one of the arguments is that there's been so much extensive media coverage that the prosecutors don't feel they can sit an impartial jury. And I think you told me before that this was the first time you'd ever been subpoenaed, right? <laughs> to my knowledge, I've never been subpoenaed in a criminal case before. Can I take the fifth? <laughs> so we'll get into the change of venue a little later. So one decision that has been made in this case that Miles is real competent to stand trial. Is that is that a standard process of anyone who is charged with a crime? And if not, you know, what was it that brought this into question here? Motions for, for competency evaluation are pretty common. This one has been unusual. Normally what you will see is a public defender will ask a person be evaluated. They'll go off to a state facility that's run by the Department of Corrections for an evaluation. You know, later on there will be like a telephone hearing with that psychologist. This one was different in that the defense started raising issues of competency you know, very early in the process. They had their own psychological experts come in and testify. There was a really long hearing on whether or not um, Mr. Miles was competent. Both sides agree that he has a form of dementia called Lewy body dementia, which is progressive. In the end, the judge ruled that he was competent and you know, that he was able to understand the charges against him and participate in his own defense. So now we've gone to this aspect of change of venue. You know, is this typical for cases with this kind of serious charge? I mean, we cover murders and, and all sorts of serious crimes, uh, and, you, and you'll do several stories over the course of a time period. So what has to be proved here for that to happen, and how rare is it for somebody to get a change of venue? You see them now and then. You'll see one side or the other file for a change of venue. They're rarely granted, at least in, in my limited experience. I think I've seen one change of venue in the seven years I've been doing this, and that was actually a case that was in Rockport that was moved to Boonville. Um, as far as what has to be proven, I guess that's probably subjective. One of the things that they'll look at is just the extent of the media coverage, which we've talked about a little bit. Mr. Miles is extremely prominent in the community. I'm sure they're worried about just finding a panel who can be impartial. And one of the things that came up in the motion for a change of venue was that his daughter, um, Representative Suzanne Miles, is well known, and so they thought that might influence a jury panel as well. So I guess the thought behind that is if somebody even happened to vote for her, they may somehow sympathize to that degree. Maybe you really, really like her, and maybe she did something that really, really made you mad, and that might influence a jury. So whether or not you knew Mr. Miles, this could have an impact, I guess, as what they're proposing here. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's really subjective as to what might influence a jury. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and just talk about the judicial process in general. Uh, so stay with us. This is Inquire. All right, while Jim is here, I wanted to get into the judicial process because not everyone is familiar with the wheels of justice. And for the most part, from my experience, more often than not, it moves slowly. But apparently, you know, in this particular case, it's moved a little faster than normal. But Jim, explain the process here to the, to the average person out there who's not familiar with how the judicial process works. It starts with the complaint, Don. You know, you or me will go to the police department and say, I've been robbed. You know, my car was broken into, etc. At that point, they'll pick it up. There'll be some type of investigation which they can either charge the person themselves, or sometimes they'll they'll just take their findings to the prosecutor's office and he'll present it to a grand jury. That's what happened here. The sheriff's office did the investigation. They took it to Commonwealth's attorney Bruce Kegel and he presented it to the grand jury, and they came back with the indictments on on the charges. 
Yeah, a lot of people think that you're out there, you committed a crime, and you're arrested on the spot, and then you're in jail. In cases like this, it was taken to the sheriff's department, and then and it was only after he was indicted did they go arrest him. It wasn't they arrested him first and then indicted, correct? Right, and he was only in jail for probably a less than a couple of hours because he bonded out the same day. So explain the process from the time somebody is charged to the trial and when it generally takes to go through the judicial system. Well, the wheels of justice move slow, and it seems like that's particularly true in Davis County, although it was even more true in Ohio County, and you probably remember that. There will be pretrial hearings throughout the process where the, the attorneys will come in before the judge. They'll let the judge know where they are as far as preparing for the case. Usually during that time, they're talking back and forth about the potential for a plea agreement. All this can take a lot long time. I might be getting ahead of myself. I mean, I've seen cases that have gone three years from, from the initial charge to the trial date. So how long does it typically take for a case in Davis County to go to trial? At least a year is not at all uncommon, and more than that is probably standard. And I think if this goes to plan here, Mr. Miles's trial is scheduled for September the 6th, which would put it, what, a, right out a day before his actual indictment came out? Everyone seems really, really determined to keep that trial date. So, yes, it would be like a year, year and a day after he was initially indicted. How long does it take typically for a case in Davis County to go to trial? It's not unusual for a case to take up to two years to go to trial. In some cases, some extreme cases, I think I've seen them go as long as three I don't think two years is at all unusual. And we might want to add that the accuser here has also filed a civil case. So where does that stand? It's on hold right now. There was a hearing earlier this summer where the attorneys got together. You know, they wanted to do depositions, but the criminal case was pending. There was a hearing earlier this summer on the civil suit where the judge decided they were going to wait on the case until the criminal matter was settled. So what is the next date for this case as far as the, the judicial process is concerned. There's going to be a hearing on the change of venue. I've talked informally with Susan Tierney and the folks at Circuit Court. They say they can still get a jury together by the 6th if they decide to keep it in Davis County. So no one seems concerned that that's going to move the trial date back. That will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Mr. Inquiry reporter Jim Mays for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Mr. Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until Friday, September 1st, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire. <laughs>